Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. We have um, a guest returning for the second time this season. His name is Lenny Melnick. How are you doing? Second time this season? I, I, I thought I've been here about 10 times already, but I guess I do, I guess I do podcasts in my sleep. Oh, I, That's okay. I, I guess so. You were here last year, so this is your third time total. Oh, okay. Um, appreciate you making the time for all of us here. We got Graham here. How's it going? That trip boat captain. We got Bjorn Masterson here at BJ Master MLB. How you doing, Bjorn? Take us out to the ball game. Okay, good. And Rick, Rick Poundstone. I don't know. I don't know what your Twitter handle is right now. Yeah, I am here as well. It's just simply at Rick Poundstone. So happy okay. to be here with uh, Mr. Inluck and everybody else. So. Okay. And Lenny Lenny Malnick, the guest of honor. The guest. Yes. Of honor. Okay. So I, I got to say, Lenny, I, I listen to every single one of your podcasts. They're a great um, information source, and I got to hand it to you the same way I handed it to you last time. Ahmed Rosario, you put me on him a little bit, made me look into him. I had him on <laughs> some very good winning teams. Uh-huh. And, uh, I got I to give you credit. And um, yeah, love the podcast. Love what you're doing. Um, looking at some of the, the drafts you've been doing and some of the stuff you've been putting out, um, like the, um, whether or not you take any anything from those industry leagues, I still... Um, I still respect what uh, what players you're after, and um, and, a lot, and especially the uh, you have the, the insight into the Arizona Fall League that yes. um, we were just talking about a little bit. So Graham, did you do you want to talk about the Arizona Fall League? Ask a couple questions about that before we get going. Yeah, I'd love to talk about the Arizona Fall League. It's go on my, bu- my bucket list to uh, go. Oh, uh, you take it off your bucket list and put it on your list. Uh, you gotta go. You, I, gotta I don't go. care if it's a bucket or a pizza. Put it on the list. It's a fantastic experience. It's like going to camp, and it's just phenomenal, uh, especially when you go during the day. The uh, ballparks are eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 seats, and on a hot Arizona day in the afternoon, uh, there's maybe 400 people there, and 200 of them are scouts, and you can sit anywhere you want. You can change your seat anywhere. You can sit behind the plate to see a certain picture that you want. You can, it's just a glorious time. And the people that attend the camaraderie right away, you'll get to know about 200 people. Most of them you don't want to know, but everybody's very friendly. <laughs> so, Lenny, did you uh, get, get to go to the championship game this year? No, we didn't go there. We didn't, I haven't gone to the Arizona Foley for the last two years, last uh, because of the COVID. So, uh, we have been uh, chomping at the bit to get back. We have been to a couple of uh, of the final games, but look, we go for a month, and uh, it's not about the final game, the championship game. It's about just going. All the ballparks are about twenty minutes apart, and uh, we love it. So, championship game's fun, but it doesn't matter if it's the championship game or if it's the tenth game of the season. Oh, absolutely. I just uh, I was of the impression that you went this year, and I wanted to ask you about uh, Caleb Killian the kid that the uh, Cubs had. Yes, pitcher. Yeah. Uh, well, we didn't go this year, but I did something different for Sirius Radio. Andrea and I actually did a, um, a special show about the Arizona Fall League. We followed it every day. We talked to some of the people that we know who were there every day, and uh, we have our access to certain information, and and we did. We did a, uh, a one-and-a-half-hour show about the Arizona Fall League. And the, yeah, Killian's good, but uh, I'll tell you what, there were some real spectacular players that uh, we can't wait to see what they can do in the major leagues. Do you think Killian gets a shot this year? Well, look, um, why not? 
I mean, I don't think the Cubs are going to be, uh, 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 I'll say, they might be competitive. I thought they were going to go out and make a splash in the offseason. They didn't. But uh, look, you take a look at that rotation. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of room for Killian or anybody else uh, who can make that team. They've got uh, what? Hendricks is there. Stroman is there. Wade Miley is there. Alec Mills, uh, the reports are that I've gotten, is pitching very well in the spring. Justin Steele has come up with a new pitch. They're not even saying what it is. Okay? I heard you talk about that this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, good for you. There he is. So, uh, <laughs> good for me. Anyway, so just keep an eye on Justin Steele. He has not un- unveiled his new pitch, but this is the rotation basically for the Cubs. They've got six, uh, Drew Smiley. I don't know what he's going to do, but uh, we'll see. To answer your question, Killian, second half of the year, uh, something could open up. I'm going to say it real quick. I totally agree uh, with Lenny here. I love the Cubs this year. I've been uh, tweeting about it a lot. I think that the minimum, probably a 500-ball club. and Everybody's kind of just, uh, you know, in a dump on the Cubs. I think they could be a potential playoff team. Well, I thought they were going to go out and and get uh, some players in the, I mean, the rumor that I heard was that they were going after Trevor Story. And then, of course, they went ahead uh, and they uh, signed in Drilton Simmons, which I couldn't, I still can't figure out. I like Nico Horner. I like Patrick Wisdom. And I like Nick Madrigal, especially Madrigal and Horner, who can play the middle infield. So look, uh, the Cubs, at least they're trying. I still think there are a couple of uh, players away. Suzuki, his first home run the other day, uh, he may get off to a to a slow start. I think we're kind of not overrating him, but overrating the transition from uh, uh, Japanese baseball to the major leagues. So it may take him a while. And he only had a couple of weeks. So uh, give him a chance. He'll eventually be pretty good. Oh, Lenny, ahead, you mentioned that they hadn't named um, what Justin Steele's new pitch even is. Is it uh, is it called Blue Steel? I have no idea. <laughs> like from, that, from, from Zoolander? I don't know, but if that's what they called it, I still couldn't tell you what the pitch is. Right? That's, a good, that's a good call, Bjorn. Yeah. Hey, Lenny, are you talking about all these... Um, <laughs> talking about the Cubs pitchers, what do you think about uh, Mark Leiter Jr. there? Because he had a great year last year in AAA, but, um, yeah. and he's doing okay in the spring training. Um, any, any thoughts on him? Well, I, I haven't seen him pitch. I didn't see him in the Arizona Fall League, but I will tell you, you, know, you talk about all these youngsters. Uh, did you ever hear anybody say, a rookie is a rookie is a rookie? And all that means is that, not going to say it's not going to be any good, but they are so hyped up right now that especially in fantasy baseball, if you're playing the fantasy baseball game, you may pay about one third more than you should for that bona fide rookie. Still may be good, but for the most part, you overpay. That's why it came up with that phrase well over 20 years ago. A rookie is a rookie is a rookie. He's not a rookie, though. Who's not a rookie? Mark Leiter Jr. Oh, he's not? Oh, okay. 28, 30, I don't know. He's just, he, had, he had Tommy John. He's on Detroit, and um, yeah. He came I don't recall him pitching, though. 
he probably because he's been hurt. Um, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he spent much time in the major leagues and he's definitely not been good in the major leagues, but oh, since okay. he, since he came back um, last year, he had a phenomenal year in AAA sort yeah. of like put up like Kyle Wright, Kyle Wright numbers in AAA. Okay. And um, yeah, I just don't know if he's going to get a chance and we don't really know if he's good in the major leagues, but yeah, it's, it's, sort, it's sort of a wild card. And I want to, what I wanted to talk about a little bit here is some, some of the players that have been rising in March because we've been drafting throughout all of fall and winter and um, in draft champions leagues on the NFBC and the main event leagues are coming up now, as I'm sure you're aware. And some of the players are just rising like, like crazy. And I want to get your thoughts on some, some of them because their ADPs sure. are rising hundreds of spots in some, okay. ca- in some cases. First guy is Mitch Keller. We all know about the velocity. Do you have any thoughts on him? Well, uh, he hurt himself just uh, the other day, uh, but all reports that he's okay. Look, he's pitched uh, just short of nine innings. He hasn't given up a run. So everybody's jumping on the Mitch Keller bandwagon. He did get hit by a comebacker on Saturday, but reading uh, Rob Beertemple of The Athletic, who covers the Pirates, uh, he should be okay. Uh, he'll be okay, but he's 25 years old, made about 21, 22 starts last year for Pittsburgh with a six ERA and a one seven whip. How good is he going to be? Let's put it this way. I think he'll improve on all his numbers, but he's not somebody I'm running after. Fair enough. Let's go with Jorge Mateo. Now this is a different ball game right here. Okay. Oh yeah. You know, we're talking fantasy baseball now. Stolen bases is the name of the game. Everybody's drafted guys because of the steals. And Mateo has a perfect situation in 2022. He plays for a mediocre club. He's out of minor league options. And he is very quick. He stole nearly 300 bases in the minors. He was about 80% success rate. So look for this guy to be a very popular fantasy baseball guy because of the way he steals bases. He's batting at the bottom of the order now. I expect him to move up to the top of the order and be a, uh, a fantasy baseball star this year. All right, so if he's going to play shortstop, we got Ramon Urias, or Urias at second base. Yep. And then who's going to be at third base for them? Uh, um, who's going to be at third? Uh, well, because uh, Odor, there's Odor, and then there's, um, I think, Goody, they've got Gutierrez. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but are we sure? Are we sure he has playing time? Uh, oh yeah, oh, okay. he, he's going to have playing time. That's for sure. Beauty. Got to give, uh, give a shout out to my friend Michael Curland about that. He he's the Jorge Mateo guy. He's like the only one that knew about him. Oh, is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually going to be a very interesting player this year. And again, on a terrible team in Baltimore, he could really rack up uh, some numbers. I'd like to see him bat a little higher in the order. Uh, I'm taking a look at where Hayes is batting. Uh, he's batting some in the middle. I look at the box scores every day, uh, and I've been seeing Mateo bat uh, towards the bottom of the order. Not something I like, but maybe they're just trying to wait till he shows some real confidence. And he's gonna he's gonna be an impact player. All right. You know, real quick, I just wanted to say I don't know if you boys agree, but the Orioles have a pretty uh, I think underrated lineup. I think that's actually not that terrible of a lineup when you look at it, right? Sorry, well, I, that's just I like, our, that's just our IT sorry, guy. Sir. Like our IT guy is not really supposed to speak, but you can you can go ahead. <laughs> I'll tell you what, okay. they could be a very improved team. Now everybody's jumping off the 
Ryan Moncastle bandwagon because why? Because they're moving the left field wall out. Uh, let me tell you something. If the left field wall was moved out last year, Moncastle would have lost only three home runs. That's it. So don't jump off his bandwagon. That guy hits uh, the ball hard too. Yeah, I don't think there's any uh, any way that um, uh, Moncastle is not going to be a star again. I, I am a little concerned, you know, that who's going to play third? I think you asked me that. Kelvin Gutierrez, uh, but he has no options. So that's why he's going to he's going to get every opportunity. I do think they're going to trade Trey Mancini, but everybody's been talking about that. And uh, John Means has come out loud and clear. His goal is to pitch 200 innings, and that would be spectacular if he could do it. So let's see what happens. Cole Seltzer, he's the uh, you know, he's the closer in waiting, so we'll see about that. And uh, as far as um, um, who's the rookie, Robinson Chirinos is going to be their catcher for a good couple of weeks, okay? Rushman, uh, they're not going to they're not going to rush him back. He's uh, he's out injured, but yeah, I do. I like their outfield. You know, with DJ Stewart, the guy that I'm really afraid of. Cedric Mullins came out of nowhere to go 30-30, and he's going back to nowhere in the spring. He's hitting just over 100. So I don't expect him to totally regress, but I don't expect Mullins to be the player. That he was last year. How much do you um, weigh spring training at bats or plate appearances when they have like 20 or 30? When, and it seems like you're, you're giving it some credence here. How much? Well, I do to certain players. When a player does what Mullins did last year, totally unexpected, and then he comes into spring training the following year and hits 100, I'm saying something is not right. Either uh, uh, his confidence or swing or something. So in play uh, for players like that, I take a look at that. Anytime a player announces that he's got a new swing uh, or a new pitch and shows it and it shows improvement, I'll take a look at that player. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think the veterans have a lot to prove, but I think there are players who are fighting for jobs or players like Cody Bellinger, who was just hasn't hit 200 in over a year, he's got something to prove too. So there are certain players who do have something to prove, other players who are just getting ready for the season. Cool. All right, next guy I want to talk about is a guy that um, I used to like where he was going. Zach, now- Zach, I have to jump in here because Lenny was talking about players having to show it to him tonight. Oh. And I am, I am, I am just thrilled tonight because MLB the show Paul Spore is going to show it. He's he's going to stream it for everyone. I don't know if you guys are excited for that. I I set an alarm for it. No, no. Benny no. play video games. Uh, you interested I'll, in this? <laughs> yeah, listen. Paul Spore is a wonderful guy. I'm uh, going to a lot of games with him, especially in the Arizona Fall League. But um, okay, let's see what he has to offer. Yeah, he streams. He streams himself playing a video game and. Then, <laughs> They call it um, Twitch. I they probably call it Twitch just because it's exciting. But yeah, it's it's you should check it out. Okay, I will check that out as soon as he comes to my chat room. All right. Well, let's oh, let's man. move on to. Um... I'm just kidding. I, I I know him very well. 
Yeah, I actually met Paul uh, uh, last weekend when I went to Vegas for the. No, he's a good events. guy. He's a great guy. Um, I got to talk to him. Like, anyways, but I don't want to spend too much time gushing over spores. Um, let's talk about Jesus Lazardo. He's a guy that I liked a lot uh, when he was going much later, and now I just can't stomach the the price on him. But what do you think about him? Because you know the velocity is up, and now his ADP is up. Yeah, everything is up. ADP is up because his name is Lazardo, and his uh, his um, stuff has never been in question, but his ability to command his stuff is always in question. I mean, he just, uh, uh, between the A's and the Marlins last season, he had, what, a six ERA, something like that. He's a very impressive, but he's also in a very impressive rotation. So he's going to have to earn a spot. He's not going to get the spot like he did in Oakland because his name is uh, Lizardo, that Miami team could very well be the biggest surprise of Major League Baseball. Even though they're in a tough division, that pitching staff is phenomenal, and I'll take it every day of the week. What do you think they're going to do at center field, Lenny? Uh, well, we know uh, we know the corner spots are there, uh, but in center field, just got to think about that for a second. They've okay. got they've got Jesus Sanchez there, but he hasn't played center field since he was like 17. Yeah, right. Jesus Sanchez, he's having a good spring, enough to turn some heads. Uh, but whether or not he's going to be that everyday player, uh, I, I love what they've done, getting some power. I'm not sure that Avisel Garcia is going to have the same season. Look, this team has Delino the Shields and Roman Quint. So one of those guys may wind up as your center fielder. Uh, Sanchez is a left-handed hitter. And that's interesting because the only other left-handed hitter they have is Jazz Chisholm. Uh, Wendell is also a lefty, but uh, they need Sanchez. He'll get every opportunity because he's a lefty. With Solar as the DH, Avisail Garcia as the right fielder. Uh, it's going to be an interesting team. I think Brian Anderson is going to be an improvement. Sanchez, uh, Jazz Chisholm, I took in both labor and tout wars, and I paid I paid for him. He's going to hit you 20, 25 home runs and steal you 25 or 30 bases, and I love him for that, and I went out and got him. Awesome. Um, another guy that I, that's been moving up quite a bit, too, and I, I, I liked his price before. I'm not sure if I like it now. Is Chris Bryant on, on the Rockies now, and that's the only reason maybe we can lump him and Randall Gritchick together because they've both seen enormous rises in their ADP. Um, I guess, do you buy into that rise? I don't know if like, I can't really quantify it for you exactly, but like maybe others, maybe, maybe the better question is Chris Bryant or Ketel Marte. Who do you like better now? Well, it's two different players. Uh, Ketel Marte is a terrific player, but Bryant is going to hit you 280. He'll hit you 30 plus home runs and he'll steal you 10 bases. I would prefer Chris Bryant, who saw a lot of time playing third base. He's going to play the outfield. So uh, that's something that um, he showed a willingness to play over the years. But uh, he could be the team's primary left fielder. Uh, Ryan McMahon, is, I think, is going to have a tremendous year. He's going to bat. He's going to play third. And I see him batting third in the lineup. But to answer your question about Bryant, uh, I don't know why they – I actually, I actually went out on the limb 
And I said, the reason that they signed Chris Bryant and paid so much was to show Trevor Story that they wanted to win. Because that's why Story wanted to leave. He didn't think the team was trying to win. I thought they signed Chris Bryant so they could keep Trevor Story. And you know something? Really, you really think it's like a revenge sign? You think they're like a, like a petty ex-girlfriend? Oh, no, not a revenge. I thought that they signed Bryant to lure Trevor Story oh, back. Oh, okay, you're right, because Story's signed afterwards. Okay, my bad. Right. No, okay. he, I thought they, because he said he was leaving and gave indications. He didn't think Colorado was for real, mm. really trying to win. So, but obviously I was wrong. All right, so Randall Gritchuk or, you know, here's an interesting question now because this is, you would never ask this question a month ago. Randall, Randall Gritchuk or Michael Conforto? Well, look, the thing about Gritchuk is now he's in Colorado and he's got a 43% fly ball rate. Whoa. I don't even know what to expect. I'm predicting he's going to hit about 255. I'll say 30 home runs, but he should have a, a chance to, to play every day. Uh, he can play right field. He can play center field. Charlie Blackman's going to bat lead off, but 43% fly ball rate. He could be a big surprise this year. All right. Last guy I'm going to ask about is um, a guy that's been talked about a lot, Byron Buxton. Obviously there's a ton of hype on him. <laughs> People, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the rules heading into Brian by uh, Byron, Byron Buxton season. Brian. What? Sorry, Rick. Yeah. What are the Brian Buxton. Brian Buxton. Yeah. Brian, uh, you know, Buxton, I think it was game three of the exhibition season. He ran into the center field wall. I don't know if you saw that, but he did it. Uh, he survived it. Mm -hmm. But look, he had a grand slam the other day. He's batting the leadoff every day. He's going to hit you 25 to 30 home runs. He's going to steal you 20 bases. He'll let you about 270, but the only question is how many games will he play? The only question is, will he just will he do everything you just said? Well, if he plays the games, yeah. he will. Right, and, for sure. And that's the and look, he hit what a little over 300 last year, uh, with 16 home runs. He just he played in what 61 games, and that was it. So he's only played a hundred games one time in his brief career. There's got to be a year that he, he shines. And so many people in fantasy baseball jump all over this guy. And maybe this is the year. But uh, he also, mm -hmm. here's what he said. And I don't know if this means anything. But he worked with a nutritionist in the offseason to develop a, a diet to try to keep inflammation down to help prevent injuries. I have no idea what I just said. But that's what I heard. Okay? No, you said. Yeah, I know what I said. Still. When you crash into the center field wall, there's no spaghetti or pasta or salad that you could eat to stop you from breaking your arm. So my nutrition plan is to just keep uh, chowing down on White Castle burger. <laughs> there you go. White Castle. Yeah. Love That's all right. Well, you're not, you're not a professional uh, baseball player, Rick, so you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. You just, you just keep the Zoom moving along, and that's all. And, and then you get straight A's from me. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Zach. No problem, Rick. All right. So, um, Lenny, I heard you talk about some prospects on your podcast recently, and you probably you've gone through all these guys, but I want to I want to talk about them here. Yeah. Um, Julio Rodriguez, like he seems like he might get called up like right away. Well, 
Seattle is trying to win this year. Uh, he's a, some people say he's the best prospect in the game. Okay. But he's primarily played center field. Uh, it really, you know, I, I don't think they're going to keep him down because of, you know, they, they want to save a year. Seattle wants to win. The only question is, is he the best fit right away? They got Jared Kalenic as their center fielder. They got Jesse Winker as their left fielder. They've got Mitch Hanniger. I love Kyle Lewis. I just don't see any place that he's going to play every day. I'll take the position, and even Dylan Moore can play. I'll take the position that because there's not an opening, you're not going to have him on the roster when he can't play every day, even with the DH. Lewis is going to DH. Hanniger is going to hit you 30, 35. Who knows about Kalenic? Winker's having a, I think he's batting 071 in the spring, but I saw him in the Arizona Fall League win the batting title a couple of years ago. He's a pure hitter. So I will say that um, Rodriguez is going to stay down until there's a place for him to play. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. What about uh, Mackenzie Gore? Well, he was almost a forgotten man for a while, right? right. But he seems to be back. And, yeah, they, I think uh, they said they, they said they have an open spot on that roster now. They don't know if it's going to go to C.J. Abrams or Mackenzie Gore. So maybe we can talk about both. Which well, one? Do you think, which one do you think has a better shot of making an open day roster? Probably C.J. Abrams to play center field. That's yeah. the way it looks right now. I mean, Abrams is batting. Uh, I've seen him batting a lot of leadoff. He's doing very well. Um, he's, he's playing out there in center field. They really did not want to put CJ Abrams, um, in the major leagues at the beginning, but they've kind of changed their tune a little bit from what I'm hearing out there in San Diego. And I would say that, um, well, Matt Beatty was just acquired. I don't know where he's going to play, uh, I would I would say that uh, I would say Abrams is going to stick on this team. All right, yeah, because they're they're looking to potentially acquire uh, Brian Reynolds. That's what they're talking about with Pittsburgh. Yes, it's going to cost them uh, two pitchers, Chris Paddock and somebody else. Uh, Fine, which yeah. would uh, Ryan either Ryan Weathers or Chris Paddock, and with uh, that would certainly make an opening for. Mackenzie Gore. So we'll see what happens. Their closer, by the way, in San Diego is a player that I think half the baseball, the fans playing fantasy baseball didn't even know his name until a week ago. Robert <laughs> Suarez, a lefty who pitched in Japan at 40 something saves. He's a strikeout guy. Uh, I'm told everybody thinks it's the Nelson Lamette. But Robert Suarez is the guy who's going to be the closer in San Diego. So I think there'll be, look, uh, with Ryan Weathers, Mackenzie Gore, also Nick Martinez uh, is available to pitch. Um, they have an opening for Mackenzie Gore, but it looks like they're going to have to do something with Weathers or Paddock. Let me read you something. Kevin AC, um, San Diego. Uh, beat, beat writer says, Denelson Lamette goes one, two, three in his first time pitching on one day rest this spring. This could be a big deal. 
a reliever has to be resilient and pitching short bursts frequently is not something he has done. Yes. And the problem with that, the reason he will not, he's coming off of some, uh, I forget what it is, arm injury. It's not that he can't close games, but if you're a bona fide closer, you got to get up almost every game, all right, and throw. And sometimes you never get in the game. And that's what they want to keep uh, from happening mm. with the Nelson Lament. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Did anybody uh, see Suarez pitch yesterday? I did not. I, I did. did. Not. That dude is a closer. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. he, ca- he came in right after the starter left, so like the fourth or fifth inning. Yeah. And he, like, he's just a, he's just a dog, man. Like he struck out all three batters he faced. Yes, he did. He, he carries himself just like a bad motherfucker. Okay. Like, oh. Oh, sorry. I dropped a. I dropped a f bomb. Oh, okay. Rick, are you gonna, Rick, are you gonna be able to edit that out after? I will get that edited out. If it happens again, I'll try to do it live with my live beeper. I don't think any mothers are gonna be upset about having their name mentioned. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, Robert Suarez, bad dude. Yeah, there you go. There we go, Graham. Nice. I like how you're working with Rick now together. You're making Rick's life easy, and and Rick will make your life easy. Old tramp. All right, Bobby Witt. Like people are taking him in drafts, like over Chris Bryant. Is that crazy, Lenny? Of course, it's crazy. Okay. Rookie. I mean, Bobby Witt. I don't care what he's doing, and he's doing everything. He's gonna hit you about two sixty. He'll hit you 25 to 30 home runs. He'll steal 15 bases. Not much of a difference from what Chris Bryant is going to do, but Chris Bryant is more likely to have that season than Witt, and he's also very capable of putting up much bigger numbers in Colorado. So I'll say Witt has shown that they can't send them down, but I think he'll hit around 260, 25, 15 steals and play third base. Uh, and let's see if he can keep it up. That ain't bad. That is a tough matchup for me. Oh, there was recently a battle of the pods, but that is a battle of the bods. Definitely. Witt oh versus my. Bryant. Okay. okay. All right. Well, speaking, uh, I, I, I guess we have to mention this guy too. For the record, Bjorn, whose whose body is better? I, I mean, do you want a filet mignon or a porterhouse? Uh, they're both great. All right. Well, we might be um, we might be oh, heading to burger. We might be heading to Morton's here because we're going to be talking about Jeremy Pena next. And um, I don't want to hear anything from you, Bjorn, about Jeremy Pena, um, because we know we know about him. But uh, Lenny, what do you what are your thoughts on Pena? He's like he's going to make the team, right? Oh, make the team? <laughs> you think he's going to make the team? Nah, nah, he this sucks. This is don't an get, don't team that's got a great chance of winning. They lose their top shortstop, and nobody seems to give a hootenanny about that because this kid, Pena, Kenny Rosenthal, talked about him last week. And, you know, look, I haven't seen Pena play. He's, he hasn't made his MLB debut yet. But I'll tell you, he he's... he's at first, I thought he was a defensive-minded shortstop, but that's not it. He is much more than that. Um, he's, he made a very impressive debut in uh, AAA, and he, he was terrific. He, he was recovering from wrist surgery, uh, 
And that scared me a little bit because the wrist surgery, that uh, kind of knocks you out a little bit. He was five for six trying to steal bases. He struck out 26% of the time, I think, which is not terrible. But he's going to hit you 270. He's got the ability to hit 10-plus home runs and steal you 15 bases. That is not, And he's a terrific defensive player. He's a very underrated player. I learned from Kenny Rosenthal how good this guy is. And I'll tell you, I'm very impressed. Has Kenny been right on a lot? And I asked this question seriously. Has Kenny been right a lot? Like, is he a guy that you can trust with this type of assessment? Well, let's put it this way. He knows more about uh, Pena than I do. So nobody's right. Look, here's the thing about all the experts and everybody, including me. Many times we're just guessing, okay? We take a look at a player and we make an educated guess. Now, what I try to do is I don't rely on myself. I talk to scouts. I talk to beat writers. I talk to people who see these players up close and personal. I haven't seen them, so I'll go with somebody who has, and that's Kenny Rosenthal. And Ken Rosenthal is the uh, the gentleman that wears the bow ties. Is this correct? That's the guy. Okay. I rest my case. Okay, rest it. I'm, yeah, he's got, it looks like Pee Wee Herman. Um, Whoa, that, oh. hey, you, you said it, not me. <laughs> yes. Do you have any uh, thoughts on Bryce and Stott? I've always thought of Pena and Stott as somewhat equivalent, but that's probably wrong. Well, it is wrong, and I'll tell you why. Bryson Stott is a better offensive player. Bryson Stott is – he's got the ability of having a tremendous on-base percentage. He knows how to take a walk. He's got a little bit more pop than Pena. And Bryson Stott is going to be, in my opinion, you could etch this your kitchen table now, he is going to be the National League Rookie of the Year. Okay? So, yes, I think he's a phenomenal player. He's got, he knows the strike. He knows he's got, he's just, he's patient at the plate. He knows the strike zone. He doesn't swing at pitches out of the zone. He's a very, very solid player. I like Bryson Stott. Do you think he breaks camp then at third base? Well, I think he breaks camp. At third base is interesting with Alec Bohm. I don't think they're going to give up on Alec Bohm. And D.J. Gregorius is hitting home runs. So I don't know how he's going to start the season. I can only tell you by the end of the season, he's going to be rookie of the year. Right. But Lenny, I like, I like how you said, like, sometimes you're just guessing because um, other well, players. Come on, hold on a second. Everybody, I mean, come on, unless you, you know, especially in the fantasy industry, most of us don't see the players firsthand. What are we taking? We're, we're reading what other people say. Okay. So I do a little bit more. Because I talk to the scouts. I talk to the beat writers, especially. I've been reading every out-of-town paper now for over 20 years. And I've got to know some of the beat writers. I have them on my show. And those are the guys that tell me uh, better than what I know. I just hear uh, John Legaze's mind spinning right now for the counterpoint. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and take this in another direction. Because everyone yesterday on Twitter was so sure about Jake, Jake McGee. Because now they, they always said, oh, I knew Jake McGee was going to be the closer. Yeah, right. No, no one knew that. Is what I'm, my, and my point wasn't that um, they were wrong in drafting him or drafting him where, they, where he was going. It's just that I was just making the point that it's, it's just a, a range of outcomes 
uh, probability that you're banking on. You're not, every, everyone was not confident in Doval being the closer. If they were, right. then his ADP wasn't, wasn't going to be 150. It would have been 60. But everyone, everyone was out on Duvall to, to some degree because this was a part probability. People mm-hmm. are just, I guess it's just semantics of uh, how big of a probability, how probable this outcome was. And it's not even a sustainable outcome. So I think it's, I think it's kind of dumb to say that you knew Jake McGee was going to be the closer, um, at least at the outset. Well, uh, last Friday, Gabe Kapler, the manager of the San Francisco Giants, was interviewed on KNBR radio. And he said, and I quote, right now, if we're starting on opening day, Jake McGee is our closer. That's what he said on KNBR radio. I heard that too, but no one, prior to that, no one could um, anticipate Gabe Clampler saying that. No, not with all the strikeouts that Duvall was getting. And they, you know, Camilo Duvall, they got Tyler Rogers, you know, this is what Major League Baseball is doing now. Uh, we're going through a transition. Now, do you remember uh, when John Wetland was the closer for the New York Yankees? We saw a setup man. Nobody knew who the setup man was. But all of a sudden, this guy comes along and pitches the eighth inning every time Wetland came in for the ninth. Do you know who that setup man was? Mariano Rivera. That's right. The first setup man, that changed the game. Then a couple of years later, we had um, a fellow who came in to, does anybody know what the effector is? I know Zach does. The effector. The effector. The effector, the guy who affects the game. Was that Andrew Miller? Andrew Miller was the effector. You got it. Graham. Graham was on the board. He destroyed my heart that season. The Blue Jays, he ended us. He was the first defender. Andrew Miller, he'd come in with the game on the line. And now you take a look at so many teams that have uh, gotten so many. uh, I mean, Seattle, Atlanta, uh, who else? Uh, So many, the White Sox. They are loaded. Everybody thinks I've gotten more calls to find out when, uh, oh, who's the guy on the White Sox? They really picture. Was Craig Crosher. No, come on. I, I forget this. Kimbrell. Yeah, Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell. Where's he going? Should I keep him? He's going to be traded, right? What team? He's not going to be traded so fast because this is how bullpens are being formulated now. And the reason, because of all the injuries to the starting pitchers, starting pitchers now, if they go four innings, if they go five innings, with three or four, a Kendall Graveman is not even the second best pitcher on the White Sox. Keep in mind, 2018, 574 players, including 340 pitchers, went on the injured list, okay? 2019, 563 players with over 300 pitchers. 2020, uh, with the three-month shutdown, three-week training camp, the pitchers were um, right up there with about 300 pitchers injured. And last year, they had 272, oh, uh, 272 pitchers during the uh, uh, strike. And last year, 489 pitchers 
spent time on the injury list. The teams are preparing for that. They are loading up the bullpen with good play, spending a lot of money on their relief pitching, and that's how it's going. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. If you're in a fantasy league and you've got to accumulate innings, be careful. Um, hey, can I say something, Zach? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to go back. This is Rick Poundstone. I want to go back to something that Lenny, uh, that he did say a couple minutes ago that you capitalized there on, Zach, and that is that he did admit, you know, we're just guessing here. And it's obvious that he doesn't spend as much time on uh, Twitcher as we do, because if you if you go on there, you'll see, and I'm not going to name any names, like, you know, Mike the Mouth Madison or like a Felipe Russell or a Tony uh, Gilday or anything like that. But if you go on fantasy baseball Twitter, you're going to basically see everybody all pounding their chest that I know it all. I know everything. And everybody is just, you know, the arrogance that I see. And I just it's Twitter. I, wait a second. It's Twitter. <laughs> it's Twitter. Unless you're a scout going to the games, or if you're, if you're a beat writer seeing the, these players, knowing these players, you're guessing on most of them. And some of them are good guesses, and some of them are easy guesses. But for the most part, I I, I just told you how I found out who the San Francisco Giant closer is. That came from the manager. Not some guy on Twitter from the manager. Bingo. That's why it's actionable and his ADP can move rather than everyone just relying on guesses like you're talking about. How many people said that Michael Conforto was going to sign with how many teams? Every team. And they're all wrong because he hurt himself and uh, he's keeping himself out. He's only now starting to talk to teams. He hurt his shoulder. And Scott Boris, his, uh, his agent, told him, you stay on the sidelines until you're ready to play. Exactly. And the day that the uh, Blue Jays did the trade to get uh, uh, Fowler, uh, Rama Palapia, Zach right here was tweeting all about how it was a move to get Conforto. Right. And he, he was wrong. But, uh, but that's, yeah. what, that's what it said all over town. It was Toronto. They need the left-handed hitter. With some power, everybody predicting Conforto. Little did anybody know he wasn't even on the market. Wow. All right. Well, um, Bjorn has a Bjorn. We're trying to get Bjorn into podcasting, and he has a little segment that he does on the podcast. So we're just going to give him a minute here. It's called um, it's it's called Bjorn Bjorn to be wild. So um, Rick uh, Rick and Bjorn. All right, thank you, Rick, for that music. Uh, Lenny, this is where I always um, ask the featured guest a a question just to help me learn a little bit. Um, So how did you find such a nice lady? Um, Because my friend Rick has trouble identifying them sometimes. How did I find such a nice lady? Yeah. Uh, Well, she's sitting right here, so maybe she'll tell you how I found her, okay? All I know is um, about 12 or 13 years ago, she was uh, in Portland, Oregon, and she was in a fantasy baseball league. And she listened to my podcast every single day and won her league and got kicked out because the lady won. 
Uh, one day she's in the chat room and I thought, I'll be honest, I didn't think it was really a female. She knew too much baseball. So I told her to call me. I said, call me. I'll have you on the show next week. She called. It was for real. For about a year and a half later, we spoke every day. And then we met at the first pitch forum in Arizona. And um, she didn't know I was going there. We were both going. We met. And it's never been the same. So that's how I found her. All right. That is Beautiful. fantastic. That's a beautiful story, Lenny. And um, Lauren, I, I take issue with what you said about me at the beginning, and we're going to be having some words a little later. But uh, <laughs> I met my wife Maggie in a similar fashion, and I, yeah, I love it, love it. Uh, me too. All right, you want to wrap it up? But uh, you, you you send it out with the music again, or no? All right, well, um, I don't know if we'll keep that segment, but that's Bjorn to be wild. It's a little pun, and thank you for that question, Bjorn and Lenny. Um, we do enjoy um, your shows, so um, Lady and the Legend, it wouldn't be the, wouldn't be the same without, um, without Andy and you. So, um, again, um, a lot of respect for that. But let's well, move thank on. you. Let's move on to how to auction just quickly. We're going to spend maybe two or three minutes on that. Like I do a lot of auctions and I want to hear what you have to say. Um, do you, when, when do you nominate play, when do you nominate players you want? Because oftentimes people say, nominate, put out the players you don't want and let people waste their money. But when is the time in the auction to put, put out the players that you do want? You never ask that question. If somebody is going to give you an answer, I'll say bull dinky and poppycock. You've always got to play the room. Uh, people, okay. Last year, I've, uh, there were bargains at the end, so I'm not spending money. Nonsense. I'm right, I say play the room. I remember there was one year that I had Bryce Harper uh, as a $40 player. And when he came out first, he went for 37 Still a nice price, but still, I then... Did the second player out? I then threw out Carlos Gonzalez because I had him at 37, and I knew at that point they weren't going to pay more for Carlos Gonzalez than at that time Bryce Harper. So you just have to play the room. You've got to uh, you got to do your homework. You have to put a dollar amount on every player that you feel is going to be drafted, and then you have to make sure that it adds up. To the total amount of money that could be spent. Was it 31, uh, 21? I forget what it is, but if it's a 12 team um, league, uh, 3180 is the total amount. So you add up the numbers, you tweak it. Then during the draft, you keep a plus minus. And if it's a, if a $20 player went for 25, then that's a, that's a plus five. If a $10 player goes for 15, it's another plus. You keep the plus minuses so you know where the room is. And it's not exactly that you're right. It has to do with the unpicked players. If you have unpicked players, roughly $20, it's a good chance that they're going to go for less. So you got to play the room. If the players are going for less than you expect, generally, you got to get in there. And those right, are that, the two, that's those a good are, point. 
I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you didn't come out with it with an exact answer because it would sound like Bulldinky and Poppycock. Well, it's not exact. You play Poppycock. the room. You now last week, now, Rick. Rick, you don't have to edit that out. Last week oh. in Town Wars, I had six or seven players that I that, that I wanted, and um, right off the bat, each one of those players went for more than I thought, and I had a decision to make: either change my whole routine around. I didn't. I paid three dollars more for this guy. I paid three dollars more for that guy. And I said, if it's going over, the players that are in the unpicked players pool are going to be going for less. I'll get my bargains in the second half of the draft. It's exactly what happened. I wound up getting every player I wanted in that Towers draft. You ask a follow-up auction question because I love the direction that uh, Lenny is taking here. Well, you got to be flexible. Yes. You can't go in uh, with a predetermined plan to do anything you got to play the room i have led here and there um i love i don't know if you're familiar with larry Schechter. lenny familiar familiar with him <laughs> he sits on my lap at the drafts oh. okay. i'm not sure what that means but uh i don't know what, either. and one thing that i love about what larry does and you're actually saying something very similar here is i hate that fallacy of people saying Oh, I want to have the hammer in an auction. I want to have all this money at the end. Well, that's the crazy. What happens, ever. what happens if the players you want aren't there? You got right. the money. Are you going to get the players? Because it's about the categories. Are you going to stop spending money? You know, people make uh, the, the, I think the most foolish thing in fantasy baseball are the rankings. Rankings don't mean bull dinky. Unless the rankings are position and rank each position in categories. So you may take the fifth or sixth best shortstop because he gives you the stolen bases that you need. So uh, you got to be careful. You just got to play the room and you got to know not just who's out there. You got to make sure that the players that you need are still unpicked. I just have a vision of uh, Larry Schechter sitting on your lap. But uh, yeah, I love yes. that answer. Oh, he's, and he's the greatest. He's the greatest. I love him. Yep. Yes. It sounds like one of those Vegas drafts. <laughs> yeah, what happens there stays there, I guess. I get, yeah, I get, we get it, Bjorn. Um, all right. So like when, you, when you're in the auction, are you, are you very cognizant of how much money you have in relation to others? Well, it depends. Usually it's posted somewhere. So it's easy to tell, but I just really care uh, of the players I want available. Am I going to overpay? If I overpay, I got to make it up. Now, one of the things that I do in, in the auctions, I do not pay money for closers. And I beg to differ. I've won labor. I've won talent wars. Uh, and I've never finished last in saves. And here's, what, here's my thinking. Tell me if you think I'm right or if I'm wrong. Two closers is what you need to be very competitive. Two closers are going to cost you approximately twenty to twenty-five dollars. Is that anybody? Are we uh, talking twelve-team league? Twelve-team league. And okay. Ten-dollar closer. You got a, a fifteen-dollar closer. About twenty-five. Twenty to twenty-five. When you're drafting your pitchers, 
when you get down to your fourth and fifth pitcher, you could actually get hurt when you draft a $5 pitcher. I take the position, I would rather put that $20 that I would spend on a closer, put him on a $5 pitcher and make him a $30 pitcher. That's not going to hurt you. And I think you can get saves at the end or play it during the season. Uh, and I've, I've done that every single year for the past 25 years. Right on. Um, I asked the question is because a good friend of mine that I talked to a lot, Mark Winoker, um, says he always looks at how much money he has versus other players. So he'd always wants to, yeah. he always wants to keep, um, I guess, within a certain um, tier of that auction of the players. Why? So he, I mean, if players come up who you need, you're not going to spend the extra dollar because you're not going to have enough because you're not going to lead the pack. You're not going to have the hammer. Who cares about the hammer? Okay, Get the so, players that you want. So you have differing philosophies. Yes, yes I do. All right. I agree. See, I, and I agree with this, Zach, and maybe it's something you need to learn. But when you when you leave roster spots open at the end and all you have is a dollar to spend on them, what does it do? It forces you to pay a discount. And you get these great discounts instead of saying, oh, wow, I have the $5 to get David Fletcher at the right. end. You know, you know. Okay. Now, Wise up. Lenny, do you fight uh, price in force? No. Ever? Not, not never. Depends on who it is. Uh, maybe I'm just angry at the guy, but no. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. But no, I don't worry about anybody else's team except my own. For the most part okay um now when you're in an auction um do you find that there are values like there's values at the end are there values like in the middle and the beginning too um talk about the values in different stages of the draft unless you've already you think you've already touched on that well you have to know the players like i took this kid from uh i spent one dollar on uh oh he's playing center field for milwaukee tyrone uh uh taylor is that yep. what it is? Yeah. Yep. now i took him in the middle of the draft i paid three dollars for him i think he's going to be a stud i think he's going to give me 15 dollars worth of value there are those kind of players all over the place you just got to pay attention you just got to pick your spots don't go in on players that you don't need it's about the categories but uh uh, I think you can get, and at the, in the end game, you, and here's where I made a mistake this year. I spent $7 on Eric Hosmer. Now that doesn't seem like a, an overvalue, but I did it at the end. And if I would have had, if I would have spent uh, $4 instead of seven, I would have had two good players at the end, but I couldn't get them. And what you do at the end, if a decent player comes up and everybody's only got a couple of dollars. You never go one. You always start with two because very likely nobody's going to go three, but it's more than likely that people will go two. I'm talking about the very end game. It's something that I learned years ago. I start with two when I really want the player at the end. Got it. All right. So, um, 
I think that's it for auction. So we, we, we wanted to talk about um, some closers at the, to, end off this, to end off the episode. And uh, there's a lot of closer battle, battles going on. Um, I'm actually just on the clock right now in a draft, so actually I might wait and hear what you have to say. I, I might wait uh, to make my pick based on what your responses are to some of these closers. But first, um, Rick, you're back here already. I see you're, you, you've, you've unmuted yourself. Rick, you still around? Yeah, I'm here. Can we Why? get them? Um, because no, we were gonna. Um, I got uh, a caller in. Um, we got a we got a caller that wanted to call into the show. Um, Francis O'Shea. Oh, okay. Uh, let me file or let me bring him in here. And he wants to, he, he was talking to me earlier on Twitter and um, and he said he wanted to do that. You had this idea for a segment. I've got Francis from Boston and he has this um, one, uh, he has a segment called uh, Francis's Fenway Fades. Okay. I think I got him up here. Okay. Put, 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 patch him through to my um, computer. Let me, Francis. Yeah, he's there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, you shut up a minute. I'm going to send you over to Zach. All right. Here we go. Hey there. Hey there, guys. This is Francis O'Shea here, and I've uh, got a segment called uh, Francis's Fenway Fades, okay? Hey, how you doing, bro? How you doing? How you doing, guys? Lenny? Lenny Malmick? Yes, sir. How you doing, big fan? Um, oh, thank you very much, Francis. Now, I got, a, I got a question for you before I start off here, Lenny. Um, now, tell me, are you, the, are you the legend or are you the lady? Am I the legend or the lady? Well, let's put it this way. If I didn't have the lady, there's no way I'd be the legend, Okay. Because because Amen. of her, I'm the legend. Nothing uh, else. In Boston, that's in Boston, that's what we call a fucking cop out. Okay. Um, uh, all right, so, what's going on? What's going on there? This is hey. When I walk I, down the street by myself, I'm an old man. When I walk, she walks next to me. I'm the legend. All right. So, what is this fucking amateur hour? Everyone's screaming boom. in the background here. All right, so I want to I want to talk about the fucking Yankees, okay? I'm from Boston, and I I, I watch the NFBC and I look at all the fucking drafts, and and I see all these fucking Yankee fans building fucking Yankee tax into these players, like fucking Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge, Aaron fucking Judge, taking him in the fucking third round, third round. He fucking doesn't steal. He plays the fucking outfield, and unvaccinated, unvaccinated, not fucking unvaccinated. There you go, there you go, there you go, Ricky. Okay, listen. Aaron Judge is a terrible fucking pick in the third round. Anytime anyone takes him there, do you agree? Do you agree? Are you asking? I'm, I'm asking. I, yeah, I'm fucking asking here. Are you asking Mr. Mettler or uh, Lenny? Well, anyway, anyways, what? You're, you're, you're burning, you're burning, you're burning. What, is it a 12-team league, 15-team league? What kind of league is it? We're talking like 15 teams, like the main event that I just saw. Yeah, he's not, he's absolutely... Uh, a third round pick, no question about it. Really, really? Wow. Because listen, number one, you're burning an outfield spot. You need you need stolen bases from that spot, and you're burning a pick in the third round. You're you're taking fucking at least two pitchers in the first four rounds. Normally, maybe not, but you're taking. Let's say you do take two three two pitchers, and you take Aaron Judge. You got no fucking stolen bases. You got one other spot to take your stolen bases, and you've already burned one of your outfield spots. So unless you're getting fucking like J Ram or Dalton Basho, then like fuck, you're done. Finished. Finished. I'm just saying third round is way too high. Maybe five. Maybe five. You think, Lenny, you think that you think that Aaron Judge is a good, good pick in the third if round? I'm gonna go, if I'm going to go and do my preparation, I will know if I, you know, to make a statement like you did, it's too general. Okay. I will take a look at my first two players and see, does Aaron Judge fit my team? He's not going to fucking stay healthy. He's going to be unvaccinated and Fuck, he's just going to be a fucking awful pick. Anyways, what does unvaccinated have to do with it? Yeah, really. That's what I and I know I said it earlier, but Francis, what the hell is your point here? 
I don't know. Unless he's playing in Milwaukee. Every I don't day. know if he's going to be playing in fucking New York or I, I think they changed that shit but in Toronto. Like he's not going to get into Toronto. Well, Trudeau's a, come on. Canada, we don't really care about, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, it'll be fine. All right. I'm, I'm, I'll move on here. Fucking, Lu, fucking Luis fucking Severino. How about him? How about him? Why, why are we taking him inside the top 200? He's fucking, what, because he's, he, he's recovering from Tommy John. When you're removed, guess what? He's got pitched like a fucking half an inning last year. He's hurt again because, what, because he's throwing in like fucking 97 miles an hour in fucking practice? Is that what it is? I'd much rather fucking Tanner Hawk or fucking Nicky Pavetta. Easily. In a vacuum. No problem. I'd fucking take J.D. Martinez over fucking Aaron Judge in a, in a vacuum. No problem. He's going to hit for a better average. He's going he's gonna to fucking have just as many runs in RBIs. And what? He's also not going to steal. Fucking taking him in the, you get uh, JD Martinez in the sixth round. I'll take any, I'll take fucking Nicky Pavetta over, over Luis Severino. No problem. These fucking Yankee fans, they're just, they're just taxing their players. That's all they want. And the one, the one guy, the one guy who's actually good is Gleyber Torres. And he's fucking, he's fucking going pick 150. Is this just you kind of going off or do you have a question somewhere? No, I'm just fucking going off on you guys. It's like, uh, if you don't agree, if you don't agree, then I don't, I'm fucking out. Got a got a lot of beeps to do here, Rick. Yeah, really. Uh, Lenny, what did you think of uh, Luis Severino? Well, I will. I was try to stay away from a pitcher who's coming into the season saying he's going to play through an injury. I'd rather take my chances on a pitcher who may have a history of injuries, who has his injuries taken care of. To me, I have no idea. Severino says he's better. But whatever he is, he's going to play through it. Those are the kind of pitchers I stay away from. In my opinion, uh, his career is over. I would probably say that about Kate, uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw. And I would also say it about, uh, there's some other guy out there with his arm falling off. The, oh, no, a Thor. Uh, Ooh, Verlander? What about Verlander? Well, he's kind of throwing hard right now. Yeah, you're probably right. I think all those guys are fun, you know, their uh -huh. career. Yeah. Who's going to have more wins this year? Max fucking, Scherzer or Jake DeGrom? Fucking Nate Evaldi. No, oh, that's Max Scherzer. Nate, Nate, fucking, Nate fucking Evaldi. Give it, give it to me right now, okay? All right. What? what? Nate, Nate fucking Evaldi have more wins when all of them put together. Max, Max Scherzer. Yeah, Scherzer. No, it's not a contest. He's got two different eyes. He also I, just, like, pitches deep into games and is already built up to go, like, Six or seven innings. So I'm in these fucking DCs, and I see fucking Aaron Hicks. Um, somehow Aaron Hicks is a thing again. Like he's getting drafted now in the top fucking 500 or 400. Is he like he? He's gonna be fucking less relevant than Rick Poundstone's belt. Oh, Francis, come on now. Yeah, Aaron Hicks is always hurt. I agree with that. What do you think about uh, Aaron Hicks, Mister Ma or Lenny? Uh, St. Louis has decided to go without an official closer. And uh, all right, so they try to stretch Aaron Hicks out to get into the rotation because the Cardinals need starting pitching. But it's very possible that Hicks, by the middle of the season, may wind up getting saves for St. Louis. And with Gallegos more of the effector, uh, that's why Aaron Hicks is getting played. Gotta get that phone? Because, no. because I was talking about fucking Aaron Hicks, the fucking center fielder on the fucking Yankees, not the reliever on the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, which Jordan. guy are you talking about? 
Aaron, Sorry. Aaron, fucking Aaron, not Jordan. Oh, the Anyways, game? I gotta go. I gotta, you gotta get the phone. You gotta go. No, you gotta go. Okay, I gotta go. I can't. I can't fucking handle this. Yeah, please. Sir, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of this guy. Man, he sucked. Uh, Is that off? He's. I think he's gone. I. Okay. All right. Well, please. Wow. Okay. That seemed like a real asshole. Yeah. Okay. Not a fan. That's my impression. That's the thing when you get people, people, let people call in, you just, you never know what to expect. Right. So I don't know, whatever. He wanted to call in and we let him talk, but I don't know. I do agree with him on Severino. Yeah. Um, so Lenny, um, now yeah. that we're done with that, what, who is this year's Ahmed Rosario? You t- yeah, he was a guy that you hit on big last year. I've heard you talk about Cole Tucker and I heard you talk about another guy today. Well, I said Cole Tucker because I was asked, Who's going to be this year? Cedric Mullins. And uh, I admit it's a reach, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Last year, in addition to Ahmad Rosario, I touted Hunter Dozier. So last year he blew it. Fortunately, people only remember Ahmad Rosario. But I'm going to say that this year, Hunter Dozier is a player to grab at a very low price. Tyrone Taylor who I mentioned before, is going to be somebody a lot of people didn't know, but he is making his way into the starting lineup. Uh, they got Lorenzo Cain out there, but Tyrone Taylor is not going to be sitting on the bench very long. Pablo, uh, not Pablo, who, um, Sandoval out there in L.A., good pitcher, terrific pitcher. Uh, and I'll tell you who else. I'm going to say that if you don't take Trevor Bauer, you're making a mistake. Okay. Trevor Bauer is going to have a very uh, surprising season. Now you're talking my language. (laughs) He's going to pitch a lot of games. He's going to be responsible for a lot of, a lot of teams winning their fantasy baseball league. I hope so. I got him on a lot of teams. I got that um, Mr. Bauer on quite a few teams. Good move. And he's, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to make of it now because he's, his, his leaves extended. I know you've talked about him quite a bit and I know, I know Andy's a big fan. Yeah. I think it might be your favorite player. Um, might be. <laughs> so is, is, is Trevor Bauer um, Andrea's favorite player? Absolutely. And it's not just because of what he does on the field. Uh, she <laughs> takes the position that he just got screwed. Okay. And Literally. there's a lot to it. I can't, I can't get into the whole thing. But keep in mind, for, for people wondering if he's going to pitch, there have been plenty of players suspended and punished for domestic violence. Not one has denied doing it, except Trevor Bauer. I think uh, whatever's going to happen, uh, you know, the, his accuser, uh trying to get things from him the judge won't won't give it uh the judge even the judge even dismissed the case no you can't explain just sit there anyway i would like to hear what the uh the lady has to say okay here you go lady by popular demand yes beautiful Okay, hello everybody. Andy, hello. How you doing? Big fan, Good, big, big fan, big fans, everyone here. Thank you, thanks. Okay, so here's what I'm doing. I'm reading actually right now the um, suit that Trevor Bauer filed against the Athletic. 
Here's the thing. The girl made accusations against Trevor Bauer. It comes out that, you know, uh, whatever they were doing behind closed doors was um, authorized in text messages. In fact, like was implicitly talked about before, during, after, in between her two trips from San Diego to Los Angeles to see him and spend the night at his house, both times. And the first judge said, no, we will not issue you this restraining order because you were materially misleading in your statements. Her statement was stapled to the medical records, which the athletic obtained from the accuser. When she went to file that paperwork in court, she gave a copy to the athletic. They published that, but they chose to ignore the medical records. They only paid attention to the accusations. They absolutely railroaded him. He has completely denied these accusations against him. The medical records do not match her accusations. And now, right now, she has denied a subpoena for her phone records that the Pasadena police used in their investigation. She doesn't want MLB to get these phone records that Bauer says prove that she was out to get him. You know, a scorned woman is not a great person. (laughs) I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. And anyway, I have been a Bauer fan for a long time. I know that he is, um, his personality is, You know, you can either like him or don't like him. But what I do know about Bauer is that he is 100% dedicated to the game of baseball and making his pitches better every year. He spends his entire offseason developing new pitches. Clevenger works out with him, too, by the way. They don't just sit around. Um, But he spent the whole season basically like missed out on 85 games or something like that of the regular season. Now, let's say they did uh, suspend him. He has court on April 4th where a judge will decide whether or not to give these phone records to MLB for their investigation. I would say that we can expect some news from MLB within a couple days after that because Trevor Bauer will not sit down with the panel and it it has to be at a big table. Every person that gets in trouble under this policy, they sit at a table with the commissioner Uh, the Players Association rep, the lawyers, whoever it is, and they all negotiate a fair punishment. Each player that has been punished under this rule has negotiated a fair, you know, uh, punishment. They also have options to go to, like, therapy. But but Trevor Bauer is so insensitive. But that... And that has what to do with No, what? no, he's honest is what he is. And people these days can't handle honesty. And that is true. When he came out and said that there was uh, substances being used all the time, he was not kidding. It, if it weren't for him, MLB probably never would have even bothered with the substances. But Trevor Bauer saw what was going on. And he was like, and he, when he came out and said it, people hated him. The media has hated this guy, like from day one, when he showed up in Arizona with his shoulder tube, they teased him and mocked him and made fun of him about his work, you know, his warm up uh, routine. And I just, I don't think it's right because here is a guy that is not born an athlete. He had to teach himself how to pitch He is committed to that. And so he's made claims, you know, in the media that there's three rules for any girl that wants to date him. I don't care about the rules. Like, I'm not going to judge him for that. That's his rules. And he is honest with it and upfront with it. And he tells people right off the bat, like, 
this is who I am and this is what I expect out of you if you want to have a relationship with me. But he has put out a video and I believe him 100% because we have seen now a judge deny a restraining order based on misleading statements. Secondly, we have the district attorney who dropped charges and also mentioned that she couldn't even pass the low bar that would be um, required to get a restraining order. Now, MLB can suspend players no matter what. It doesn't matter if you got in trouble with the law or if you got convicted or if you admit it, you don't, you know, basically if you say no contest in court, that's good enough for MLB to suspend you. But MLB does not need any kind of charges against you to say you broke MLB policy. Maybe you could, you know, break MLB policy without even breaking the law. So that's, you know, what it is, but they really focus on getting players rehab, like help, family counseling, like anger management, whatever they sit at the table and they all agree to. Trevor Bauer is not agreeing to anything because he doesn't believe that what he did is wrong. And um, unless MLB wants to decide what happens in people's bedrooms sexually with their partners, like that is a real fine line. Now MLB could decide to suspend him. He's not gonna accept it. That's where I think that he could lose time. But all this time since the whole thing started, Every insider and everybody in the media, including the entire fantasy industry, has completely acted like this guy does not even exist. And to me, it's like you're trying to win fantasy. You'll draft Marcelo Zuna, who was actually caught on body cam throwing his wife against the wall. Mm -hmm. Like Nobody cares about that. But because the media is so down on Trevor Bauer and they can't stand him because he he doesn't fall in line. Right. Here, here's the thing. So even if he did get suspended, right, they would say, okay, it's retroactive. You already spent however many days on administrative leave and you just have to pay back the money for the days that they suspend you. Trevor Bauer is going to be like, no, I'm not doing that. Not even if it's retroactive. He doesn't want it on his record. So then what happens is they go to arbitration and they go like to, um, they, they have a panel that gets together and, and goes over the, the suspension. But that could now you don't get you don't get to play if you say okay i'm going to appeal this suspension like if mlb decides to suspend him he says i appeal then he doesn't get to play during that time but they make it quick they say a couple weeks max like they know that you know this is a every day that goes by is costing the player money and the team blah 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 so anyway my theory is this if you ignore trevor bauer's stats you are ignoring, like, this is the easiest year to win fantasy ever, in my opinion, because I got him for $2 in Tout Wars Mixed League. Wow. Lenny oh, got, man. I mean, they he That's sold awesome. for $6, in, and I was so livid. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? The entire industry has written off this guy like he's the worst monster in town but well, you know they they have, have, you, you know it's you know, industry they, they don't want to look bad right and yeah, they have subscriptions to sell they can't go out here condoning uh the actions of somebody like that who would sound you know will, not guilty. Will, let alone buy them the people people are afraid to nominate them they're so afraid to even like i swear that is so true people are so scared of like what the twitter mob is going to do to them and i just feel like first of all when you have medical records that say there was no skull fracture and you have an accusation saying I had signs of a skull fracture and you choose to publish the accusations instead of the medical records, you have zero 
journalistic integrity and you should not and your credibility should be shot you know trevor bauer is suing not only molly knight and the athletic but he's also suing deadspin for the same type of stuff that these are like malicious attacks on him i'm i know he's a little you either like him or you don't but nobody can say that he doesn't have good work ethic and nobody can say that this guy is not a good pitcher like He's going to come back and his personality is so defiant. He is going to be like, I have a chip on my shoulder and I am determined to prove every one of you wrong. And I'm going to throw 200 innings and I'm going to strike out 300 batters or who knows. Okay. The sky is the limit for this guy. So Andy, you know, what's a scary thought for the anti-Bauer people is that the MLB is supposed to be investigating this further to determine a suspension or whatnot. And how are they going to investigate anything if that woman, uh, the initial accuser, is not cooperating? So they're not going to get any information. Yet Bauer is trying to get MLB more information. So if, like, if I were him, I would probably just let sleeping dogs sleep or whatever it is. But he's, he's going further. So he's, Why? You know how uh, he is, yeah. okay? You know how he is. He's not going down with this. Like, so... MLB has done uh, an investigation already. It's been done for months, like, but Trevor Bauer insists that he gives the MLB this piece of evidence because he feels like it tells clearly that this girl was like, he will never pitch again on Monday. I'm going to file the, um, on Monday, I'm going to file the court documents and then the media is going to get a hold of it. And after that, he'll never pitch again. Um, the judge in the first case said, you know, she wanted more of a relationship with Bauer than he was willing to give. And it pissed her off there probably. Yeah. And you know. being a woman, I'm the only one that gets to say this. So I feel like I have a platform and I need to be and stand up for this because this is not right. If any guy came out and said, Oh, Bauer is innocent. Guys can't even do that in this day and age. So I take it upon myself. I will tell everybody that you're only seeing one side of this story. Lenny's giving me a dirty look right no, now. Good. Okay. Anyways, thanks for having me and letting me explain the Bauer thing. I think so, you're out of your mind if you make a decision on this. Like, you know, you decided that this guy's a monster. So I just want you to know that you're only seeing one side of the story. And uh, we'll see what happens. But people, these insiders, Ken Rosenthal, like, uh, USA Today, Bob Nightingale, like all these insiders that people look to are saying stuff like he'll never pitch for the Dodgers again. You do remember that the Dodgers let him continue pitching even after the accusations were made. He still took the mound a couple times before they decided to put him on leave. But people were very pissed off. They were like, what is the Dodgers doing throwing Trevor Bauer out on the mound? with these accusations against him like he in the athletic the king of all sports media is out there saying like he should never be they can't let him pitch he should not be allowed to pitch and was that my so, was that curlin saying that in the athletic ken rosenthal <laughs> no it was ken rosenthal i have no problem name dropping dude i have no problem okay i just wasn't sure um saying he should never be able to pitch again well the dodgers are paying him 70 million dollars in the next two years plus he has deferred uh, money owed to him, $20 million that gets paid like 2030 to 2040 or something like that. But he has a no trade clause. He has two player options, one after the other. Now, I don't know if you can remember the last time a player was such a distraction in the clubhouse that the team ate $100 million, you know, to not let him pitch. Never. 
And especially you think about it, like what if it was happening to you? Here's your relationship with your boss and your boss is looking at you and he's either going to say like, I trust you, you know, or I, or you're just a horrible person, even though you're telling me that you're completely innocent. I don't know. Basically, uh, yeah. Um, well, Rick, has a, Rick, Rick has the Tampa Bay theory. Maybe uh, I think Andy would be interested in that. Yeah, Andy, I think what happens here is uh, the Rogers organization caves to the public pressure and they cut ties and eat whatever money they have to. And I think a ball club like the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays go out and get them because they care about winning. They care about, you know, getting the innings and everything like that. And they, they you know, uh, they're a red state too. And they, you know, in other <laughs> words, they're open minded. So, uh, yeah, that's what I think happens. What do you think of that? Um. I say that the Dodgers in no way, shape, and form are going to eat that payroll. There's no possible way. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's close to $100 million over the next two years. And uh, if they want a virtue signal that bad, I just don't remember a team ever doing that. Like Marcelo Zuna is in the starting lineup in the Atlanta Braves. And the only reason I keep bringing him up is because he's just the, you know, the most recent case. But I don't remember, like, I mean, I remember a lot of bad things happening in teams that are paying a lot of money for a player. It would have to be, a, like, a serious, uh, like, discord within the clubhouse between the players. And I just don't think, I think that the media is railroading this guy totally. I don't think the players hate him and the, his Dodger teammates don't like him. Like, I don't, I don't believe that. So, anyway, April 4th is the court date the judge will decide that day if she's going to give the rest of the information to the mlb or not we will find out about trevor bowers uh suspension i would say like three days by the eighth we should know he could be out on the mound like on the 10th hell yeah Love believe it. me i mean that's early but like i said before you can risk losing some playing time if he chooses to appeal a sentence because he will appeal a sentence. There's no doubt about it. Like if they punish him, he's appealing. So you got to expect like a couple weeks at least for them to decide what to do about that. There's not been a player yet that's actually completely denied this. Like most of them, they, they agree to go to treatment and they do all these things that will help their life better and then the MLB says okay is 20 games good okay 20 games is good and that's that but this is not going to go well so I do think the judge is going to give up the emails the emails were already part of the investigation in LA anyway so they're already on file and MLB uh you know they're under they, they have to promise not to share it with anybody but I don't see why the judge wouldn't give the phone records to MLB it's a person's career on the line amen so anyway, thanks guys for giving me the time and draft Trevor Bauer. Draft his friend Clevenger too. He's having a horrible spring, so he'll go down the list. But both of these guys are very hard workers. Hey, I got a lot of Trevor Bauer, so you don't have to tell me that. Right on, dude. All right. We love it, Andy. Okay, Big thanks, stuff. thanks, thanks a lot. Okay. All right. So uh, here's my question. Which one of us is the real legend? <laughs> I think she just answered that on a so yeah, we can tell uh, we can tell what's his name, um, Francis. That um, Francis, if you're still listening, um, Andy's the legend, and That's Len right. Lenny might be a legend too. But we're gonna move on. Um, we're gonna skip over the closes, and we have a game that we usually end off on. It's yeah. uh, Je Jeopardy, and um, oh my.
Ready to play, Zach? Yep. Let's do it. All right, so I'm gonna share my screen. All right, this is my favorite segment. Uh, should be a good one. So can you guys see my screen? Yes. All right, so yes. these are the categories. Uh, there's four categories and you can just chime in if you know them, if you know the cat, if you know the answer. What? what? So the that first was my wife. The, fir the, fir the first category is Yancey Eaton's entire ass. The second category wow. is Paul Sporer's mustache. The third category is Lenny Malmick. And the I don't know what this fourth. Bjorn, did you do this one? Hot bods? This is not mine. You yes. know it. Okay, well, whatever. So we'll we'll give Lenny the board. You can you can um, pick a category. I could pick a category. Pick a category uh, in a minute. I will take uh, hot bods. Hot for how much? For uh, three hundred. Is five hundred or a thousand? Oh, five hundred. All right. Um, what 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 is this category, Bjorn? Uh, Bjorn. Pretty self-explanatory. Players right, so with smoking bods. Oh. Okay. All right, um, all right. So the, uh, for five hundred, this player uh, may bat lead off for the Houston Astros and has a nice photo of him online. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to find in. I'll Who's take you? I'll take uh, Jose Pena. Do you mean Jeremy Pena? For, Jeremy Pena. Okay, yep. Lenny's got five hundred points. He's on the fucking board here. All right. Lenny. He said the wrong name. I okay. Well, Jose, we're, we're, same we're, thing. We're pretty, we're pretty lenient here. We don't really yeah. care about saying what is, who is, or the yeah. great names. But I know what he meant. So Lenny's got five hundred. Hey Bjorn, okay. what do you think of uh, Jose Altuve's tattoo? I'm a I'm a I'm a big tattoo guy. I've actually uh, I'm in the process of getting a, a Christian Yelich. Um, tattoo on my on my back i can't wait to show it to you guys oh my oh god i don't what would that even look like i don't do, do you guys think Pena actually Yelich looks like off? slenderman what do you guys think Pena will actually hit lead off that's why i brought up altuve yeah no. um you don't think so who's gonna hit lead off i heard i heard that. mccormick come on i think no, i is uh uh penciled into bat lead off Wow. Okay, there we go. Okay, so Lenny, you got control of the board. Where, where are we going next? Oh, I still got control of the board? Yeah, you got you won the time. Right, I'll, I'll take Lenny Melnick. Lenny Melnick for 500? 1,000. 1,000, okay. Oh. Big one. Lenny, okay, so this category is about living legends. So this is for 1,000. This pitcher has an ADP of 60 in main events in March, but had an ADP of 101 in DCs throughout the year. So his ADP is skyrocketed. Oh, I got Did it. You. All right, Graham, you buzzing in? Uh, who is Justin Verlander? Correct. All right, yeah. Graham, Graham, you got control of the board here. Uh, I'll take uh, Yancey Eaton's entire ass, and I'm very curious to know what this is about. What the hell? For how much? Uh, 500. 500. Eaton oh. ass. So Yancey Eaton's entire ass. Um, this is a category about those that could be washed. Jeez. So like, you know, he's always, he's always telling people to eat his entire ass, but like, you don't know, like maybe like you'd think like he'd wash it, but you don't know. Like if they, probably like, these are probably things that are. Even if he did, who's going to sign up? I don't. I don't know. Weird. He's, always, he's always saying it. So 
Um, all right, so are we at 500? Yancey Eaton's entire ass for 500. This player posted a career-high swinging strike percentage, but also a career-low BABIP of 165 en route to a horrific year for the Dodgers. Cody Bellinger. Correct. You, um, Lenny, you're on, yes. you're on fire here. You, you're a smoke in the Yancey Eaton's ass category. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got control of the board now. Okay, let's go back to uh, Lenny Melnick for 500. Lenny Melnick for 500. Again, these are legends. So um, this pitcher has an ADP of 124 in main events recently, but uh, which is up significantly from 175 in the draft champions leagues. I think I got this one too. All right, go ahead, Graham. Uh, who is Clayton Kershaw? You are right. Wow, Don Shrapp. So, Lenny, what do you think about uh, JV, Justin Verlander, and, and Kershaw? Do you think they're worth the worth the squeeze here at the, at the increased cost? Well, I think they've earned the right to uh, have the increased cost until they show that they can't do it anymore. And uh, Verlander is pitching fantastic. He hasn't shown anything. And Kershaw, you know, look, we expect Kershaw to pitch uh, a no-hitter every time out. It's not going to happen. He's, he's been pretty good in the spring. So I'll stick with him. All right, so Graham, you got control. Uh, I'll take uh, Paul Spore's mustache for 500. Okay, so this category, Paul Spore's mustache, these are um, these are those that need to mature this year. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a dirty sand. Okay. And then, you know what, we were talking about it before. I met Paul. Paul's awesome. So, uh, and he, he, I love you, Paul. He's, I love Paul. He loves the show. So he's a friend of the show. He can, he can take this. Um, 500. This player's ADP across DC leagues, draft champions leagues, is 404, or it was um, in draft champions leagues, 404, but has jumped over 100 spots to 289 in main events in March. Josh Rojas. No, that's not right, Lenny. Okay. Anyone else want to chime in? Mitch Keller. No, that's also not correct. His ADP is a lot higher than 404. Um, Rick, Bjorn, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. Any guesses here? You've been quiet. Jake McGee. No, 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 no. That's not. That's not right. Sorry. Oh, Isaiah kind of falafel. Isaiah kind of falafel. <laughs> no, the answer is Nick Senzel. So he's jumped up a lot. He's jumped up a lot. Uh, he's ADP is two eighty nine in main events. You think that's worth it? Like, really, it's the same thing as last year. Like. You saw him move up a lot, except he's just moving up from a much lower place. Mm-hmm. He's healthy. He's playing this year. That's the thing. Is he? <laughs> yeah, Nick Senzel's healthy. He's playing every day. You like him? Uh, he's okay. Okay. So who's got control here? I like Nick Senzel for the record. All right. He fam. I think I think that that uh, that hit tool in the pedigree is really underrated. But perhaps you got to edit this out, Rick. We still got a main event to do. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, maybe. I can do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Rick, make sure this is gone. Okay. All right, uh, Graham, you got control of the board. I'll take uh, Yancey Eaton's entire ass for a thousand. All right. So this is, these are those that could be washed? Question mark. Um, again. Okay. So this. Well, my entire ass. Board. Okay. So this player has five. Uh, this player has a 600 plate appearance average up. 30 home runs, 100 runs, and 20 stolen bases over his most recent 
2,000 plate appearances, yet is being drafted in the seventh round of 15-team leagues. Miles. Miles Davis. No, I don't know what that is, but that's incorrect to Rick. Anyone What's the else? line? His line, so over his last 2,000 plate appearances, so his most recent 2,000 plate appearances, he has an average um, prorated to 600 plate appearances of 30 home runs, 100 runs, 20 stolen bases. Is it Christian Yellick? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 No wonder Bjorn wants that tattoo. He's probably just gonna he's probably just gonna show a picture of like Pete Davidson and uh, ask for a tattoo on his back. I can't wait to show it to you guys. It's gonna be it's definitely gonna be I'm never gonna see your back. Damn Bjorn stamp. So Lenny, are you more interested in Yellick or Bellinger? Well, unfortunately, you can't be interested in Bellinger striking out at a horrendous rate. Unless you're uh, Vlad Sedler, uh, Matty Davis, or Brock Ness Monster. They all are homers for the Dodgers, and they are obsessed with Bellinger. Bellinger's hit 195 since he won the MVP. Yep. That's not that's good. Not, that's not good. Below the Mendoza. Why am I seeing it? Okay. All right. So let's move on. I, I guess I'll take uh, hot bods for a thousand. All right, hot bods for a thousand. Um, so these are players like oh, there's a there's a description here, Bjorn. It says players with really sculpted physiques. Okay, all right. So um, <laughs> this player had a disappointing rookie season on the Mariners, but still has an excellent physique. No, oh, sorry, Lenny. Did you, did you have an answer? Clinic. You're right. And I think that might have won you the lead though this this competition. Unless we do we have, do we have a Paul Score question left? Yeah, we do. So that's Lenny, you're killing this game. But um, we got one we got one question left, so we don't need to we don't need to pick it. This is the last question. So we got Graham with I think Graham and Lenny are pretty close. Um, pretty close, and we'll add it up afterwards. But you two are definitely in the lead. So um, this is Paul Spore for a thousand. Again, these are uh, Paul Spore's mustache for a thousand. Those these are those that need to mature this year. Um, for a thousand. This former top 10 prospect had only 93 plate appearances in AAA last year, but he hit over 300 and was on a 600 plate appearance pace of 25 home runs and 39 stolen bases. Hint, Miguel Franco. Hint, this is a Lenny Melnick special. <laughs> Cold <Loves Tucker>. <laughs> no, the other one. Uh, Hunter Dozier. Uh, it's your next uh, Cedric Mullins or oh oh it's my next yeah that was uh, Cole Tucker not, not Cole Tucker the the better one Tyrone Taylor <laughs> Victor Robles oh Victor oh, come on like yeah, all right isn't you know, aren't you big the manager on Victor? said he's going to be the center fielder I saw that he's starting yeah Victor Robles swings an overcooked piece of spaghetti eh. I don't know. He's um, he had pretty well in AAA last year when he got sent down. So Lenny, you're in on him, right? This year? Yeah. Uh, yes, I am. I mean, he's priced to buy. Yeah. I think this is the first year that the uh, fantasy baseball Twitter community hasn't been fawning over him as if he's Jesus Christ himself. So uh, yeah, might be some good value on Victor Robles. 
Thanks, Rick. Lenny, it was a pleasure meeting you. I have to duck out early. I have to mark some papers tonight. I have a big uh, midterms, but it was great meeting you, and I'll let you boys um, finish each other off. Goodbye. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bjorn. Take it easy, buddy. So on that, on, the, on that note, do um, you want to finish each other off? Um, <laughs> on, on a oh, note. yeah. Getting hot in here. <laughs> okay, let's want to end off this. Let's end. Let's end it off. Let's uh, let's let's bid Lenny adieu. Thank you very much, Lenny. Some good good information uh, with some a little bit of uh, nonsense sprinkled in. I apologize. I apologize, Lenny, for um, Francis, Rick, Bjorn, and Graham. <laughs> okay. uh, but I do appreciate uh, you coming on. And um, you are, I guess, the lady because you're not the. We we we, we talked to the legend. <laughs> That's right. You heard the legend before. Thank you for having me, everybody, and uh, see if you can come into the chat room some of these days at, at nine o'clock. I know I'd love amazing. to. I'd love to with Star Dog yeah, and Star Dog and whoever. Yeah. We should we should have a chat. Rick, do you want to end us off? I I can yeah I can make a chat. Uh, yeah, it was great talking to you, Mr. Menlik, and I thank you. Uh, love this. This is a great time. Okay, thank, thank you very much. And you, and you can find him at Lenny Melnick. Uh, he's gone. And <laughs> Andy hung up. <laughs> Where do you, he's gone? You know what? That yeah. might have been my fault. Yeah, he, well, just, he just dipped. What'd you do, Rick? I maybe he had some business to attend to there. <laughs> um, uh, Dorn's still there. I don't know. Anyway, um, does Dorn wrap this up or do you wrap this up back? Or oh, the Lenny's back. He is. Yep. Yeah, I want to ask him about one player. I think we're done. I don't. Let's let's see what happens here. He's, he's coming back. Uh, there he is. Hey, Lenny, you're back. Thanks, thanks for thanks for the podcast. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I accidentally hung up on you guys. Uh, all right, let's oh, do it. <laughs> uh, let's do it again. Oh, I thought I thought you I thought maybe you were upset and you hung up, but like um, no, I appreciate no. I, I I appreciate you and like obviously listen to all your podcasts, every single one of them. Big fan. Thank you. And Thank we, you. we we screwed around a little bit, but we we want to make it fun as well. That's what it's all about. It's fun. And it's a way to escape the planet for about an hour or so. So exactly. So I, I, I hope I hope you had fun. Um, yes, yes, I did. I'm still here. You, would you come back on the podcast another time? Absolutely, anytime you want. Okay, great. Well, again, thank, thank you. And uh, Rick and Rick and Graham are huge fans of you, and we're all big fans. We're thank big you, fans guys. of Andrea and yourself. So it's an honor talking to you as always. And um, I'm glad you put up with some of our bullshit. But, uh, <laughs> That's but, uh, all right. You don't know what I'm putting up with here. It's uh, uh, the so, legend. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. All right. Well, again, Lenny Melnick on Twitter. Give him a follow. Great guy. Great show. Listen to him. Head into the chat. I am at Rick Poundstone. Great. Okay, Rick. Rick, do you want to um, do you want to finish us off? Wanna, yeah. Like, um, end, on the end, end the episode. Yeah. Do the, uh, do the outro. Sure, yeah, uh, this was the Draft Champions Podcast brought to you, uh, as always, by, well, we don't have a sponsorship, but Lids. Uh, if you like hats, they've got them. Lids. Rick, aren't we, aren't we going to plug your uh, your pigsty IT guy thing that you got going on there? 
Oh, I talked a little bit about that last time. Uh, yeah, coming out and see, well, I don't know if it's in theaters, uh, from Pinkstein to A.V. Guy, the Rick Poundstone story, a story of revenge. Well, there's a whole subtitle. It's very long. Uh, but yeah, that's, I got that coming out soon. What about the, um, the Who Let the Dogs Out thing? Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Oh, that's for, we'll save that. Okay. All right, well, is it, where's our outro? Is that it? We had a song or anything to lead us out? I don't know. Did you want me to play? Well, Bjorn's supposed to do the don't forget your peanuts and crackers. Yeah, right. That's what, yeah. I don't know. He's gone. I thought this was a great episode. Should we do like a, like a, you know, after the show asked and oh, we like sit what, here and. Yo, yeah, like Andy Cohen, like he does like the after the show with all like the housewives and stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Like a like, reaction. Like, like a post mortem of the show. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What did you guys think about the show? Yeah, that I was fucking it. great. I think. Yeah, I think we aced it. Yeah, I, I loved went, it. My favorite part of the show was obviously Andrea coming on. What a bad out of hell she is. She. Uh, what a great segment. Uh, she had a. I. I think that's probably the the most information I've gotten on the Mister Bauer case. Yeah, we had a whole segment uh, planned on closers that we just had to uh, forego to just because that was so good. That's probably for the best. I'm really sick of hearing about uh, closures and every other goddamn podcast is talking about them. So that's okay with me. Yeah, probably probably uh, a blessing in disguise. Right. Well, I got an intro song queued up, uh, or excuse me, an outro song. If you're ready to get out of here, I'm kind of hungry. So, sure. White Castle. All right.